My name is Anisha Patel and I'm obsessed with all things career development. Whether that's navigating through your professional journey, gaining your clarity, identifying your passions, or gaining the confidence to chase your dreams, I'm here to support you to craft a roadmap to success. I am a pharmacist turned entrepreneur who's transformed my passions into purpose. I've grown a podcast that has reached thousands of people across the globe. I'm building an online business and I've left my nine to five to chase my dreams and build a career of color. I've walked this path of transformation myself and now I'm here to share insights, strategies and stories to help you carve out a career that you love. Career opportunities, personal development, challenges, growth and building life skills are all things we discuss in this podcast. Whether you're sipping a cup of coffee, taking a walk or driving in the car, be prepared to be inspired and motivated to step outside of your comfort zone. This is the Pharmacist Diaries podcast. Hey there, friends. Welcome back to another episode of the Pharmacist Diaries podcast. On today's episode, I'm taking you behind the scenes of my brain. I love this because I do share a lot of this content in episodes of the podcast, but today I'm going to dive deep on that topic and only that topic. So bear with me, I'm going to give you some context as to why I think this is really important information to share. A lot of people have been messaging me or emailing me to ask me why I've made certain decisions in my career and how I came to those conclusions. I also talk a lot about finding your passions, having more clarity about your career journey and doing a lot of reflection that allows you to understand more about yourself so you make the right decisions for your career journey. And I want to share my thought processes and how I come to certain decisions as to career moves with you guys. So let me take you back to when I was a pre-reg because this is where my journey in pharmacy truly started. And I was working at Papworth Hospital in Cambridge, which is a very small family-oriented hospital that specifically focuses on cardiology and respiratory conditions. And there was one other pre-reg with me, so it was a really small kind of family-oriented environment, which was amazing. And I love my pre-reg year. I got so much attention and so much support and help from my tutor, as well as all the other pharmacists that work there. And it was such a great opportunity to build my confidence as a hospital pharmacist. And during my time as a pre-reg, I made the decision to apply for a residency because I really wanted to understand more about what hospital pharmacy had to offer. But I also wanted to push myself by having an encore service that I was part of with very intense a pressurized environment in terms of night shifts where I I knew that I would learn at such a fast pace and my clinical knowledge would develop significantly faster than not being in that environment. And I also wanted to move to a much larger hospital that had access to a variety of clinical areas that I could gain exposure to. And I knew the hospital was definitely where I wanted to be. And at that time in my life, I genuinely felt that hospital pharmacy and being a specialist hospital pharmacist was what my career would look like. And 
boy, have I been surprised by all the other things that have kind of come into my life and within my career journey. Some have been unexpected and some have been planned. And I'm going to share some of those strategies I've had with you on this podcast episode. When I was a resident pharmacist, I was so fortunate to be able to gain exposure in every single clinical area that you would want to be exposed to as a band six pharmacist. We had our general medical and surgical rotations, which were great to building foundations in terms of the skills that I would need to be a good hospital pharmacist, making interventions for patients with doctors or consultants on ward rounds, supporting patient education, understanding how um, my role as a band six pharmacist impacts formulary or guidelines or where I can get involved with certain projects and throughout those three years of residency I then had the opportunity to gain exposure in a lot of specialist areas. I was able to go to an HIV ward, renal transplant, gastrointestinal diseases that were split between upper GI and lower GI surgeries and this is where I got exposure to TPN. I then also did pediatrics, a trauma unit, specialist surgeries, neurology. I mean, you name it, we had the opportunity to do it. And Oxford was such a great place to gain as much exposure to all the kind of specialist clinical areas. And even after those three years of being a band six rotational pharmacist, I genuinely didn't know exactly what specialist area that I wanted to go into because I fell in love with everything. And I was lucky that by chance I had met my husband at that time and we were I was traveling back and forth from Dubai going to visit him and I knew at the end of my residency I was going to make the transition of moving abroad. So I didn't have to navigate my thoughts or my feelings around which specialist area that I would go into because I had clearly made the decision to go on an, an adventure. And I was super excited about this adventure. And my whole pharmacy story kind of starts with this adventure because so much fun stuff happened working abroad. And if it wasn't for meeting Sanjay, I probably wouldn't have ever done it. So it's really um, a, a big part of my journey and something that I'm really proud of. And also, there are so many stories that I can tell from my experiences of working internationally. And when I moved abroad, I expected to go and work in another hospital. There were so many hospitals that I could work at, so many places where I could utilize my clinical skills. But boy, was I in for a surprise once I moved to the country. Picture this, you're juggling multiple prescriptions, patient consultations, and endless hours of administrative tasks, all while maintaining a happy work-life balance. It's chaotic, it's stressful, and it's downright exhausting. Or maybe you're a student who's overwhelmed by all your assignments, exams, OSCEs, whilst attending hours and hours of lectures and labs and maintaining an active social life. What if I told you there's a way to streamline your week and reclaim a sense of control over your time? I think I can kickstart that journey. I've created a free PDF guide, five steps to streamline your week and add five hours to your schedule. 
In this guide, you'll learn how to optimize your workflow, prioritize your tasks, and carve out precious time for self-care and personal pursuits. Click the link below to grab the guide now. I promise you, your future self will thank you for it. Pharmacy is completely different to the UK in terms of what a clinical pharmacist is allowed to do. And when you look at a hospital pharmacy in the United Arab Emirates, each hospital has a limited number of clinical pharmacists who are on the wards all day, every day. So once I identified that there might only be five or six pharmacists who do these types of jobs, I knew that it would be really challenging to find an opportunity. And it's not like the UK where you've got your NHS website for jobs or people advertise through Indeed or LinkedIn. It was pretty much blind. I had to have a network of other pharmacists or people that I knew in my industry in order to find out about opportunities. And at that point, when I first moved there, I didn't know anybody. My husband was working in the health and fitness industry, so he didn't have any friends or anyone that he knew who worked in a hospital who might be able to support me with information. So we were doing our best as a team, me and my husband, to try and get me exposure to the pharmacy network. I was attending conferences. I was applying to every single recruitment agency that I could find. I was dropping my CV off to hospitals, to the pharmaceutical industry offices, to clinics that might have a pharmacist employed, to community pharmacies, and really just trying to get my name out there. And it took several months for me to be able to find a job. But once I did find that job, oh my goodness, I was in for a treat. So a lot of you know that I started working for National Ambulance back in 2014. And if you don't know this story, go back to episode one to hear all about it. But in this role, I got to be the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix pharmacist. What an amazing opportunity for me to gain a whole new host of skills. And this exposed me to the skills that you would need as a pharmacist in a completely different environment to what hospital had to offer. And it genuinely opened my eyes to education and training, leadership and project management. Those were the three main things that I learned in this role. And throughout that two to three years that I was working there, I was on this massive learning curve in terms of understanding where my skill set was and putting myself into the most uncomfortable situations because at the time I was the only pharmacist employed with the organization. So there was no one to bounce ideas from. There were no policies in place. There were no team members that could support me. I literally had to make all of these decisions by myself. I was very fortunate that I had this amazing medical director to work with and he really guided my journey as a pharmacist and he knew nothing about pharmacy genuinely. He is an emergency medicine consultant who normally spends a lot of time in trauma centers or A&E units and he doesn't really know much about pharmacy or the, the legal aspects in terms of what we were meant to be doing or allowed to be doing as pharmacists in the UAE. He relied on me for that information, but he was so awesome at business and having such a wide understanding of healthcare that he allowed me to build leadership skills that I never ever thought that I would be able to utilize or that I had exposure to. And 
in the grand scheme of this job, I was allowed to change law for the country where paramedics didn't have access to drugs, nor were they allowed to administer medications on an ambulance to ensuring that every single ambulance that we had as part of our organization was fully stocked with medication to support patient care. And I never thought this was going to be part of my job description, and it definitely wasn't included in the job description. But as things evolved and as the company grew, my expectations or the expectations the employer had on me expanded and changed. And I just had to roll with it and enjoy it and be part of that journey. And it was so different to being on a ward and constantly being with patients doing drug histories, medicines, reconciliation, pharmaceutical interventions, teaching doctors or nurses about particular drugs. I turned into a leader. I turned into a pharmacist who had to understand supply chain and procurement. I had to understand the value of networking within my environment to change law for the country. I had to understand government policies and the way that the government organizations work in order to implement change. I had to visualize what I wanted the pharmacy department to look like because we started off with a very simple paper-based system every time that we release medications to an ambulance there would be a sheet of A4 paper that listed all the drugs that were included, the number of tablets or inhalers or nebules that were included in that bag and all their expiry dates, and then visualize how we could transform this into something electronic and being part of a team of people who would then support that project to go from full paper-based system to a fully electronic system. We had so much money towards this project, which was really exciting. And I had a full team of technology experts, um, as well as paramedics who would be utilizing the system and people that who would who would be using it on a day-to-day basis and who would understand how it works and how it would impact patient care. And me as the subject matter expert. I had to ensure that we covered all the rules and regulations that the government expected of us. I had to ensure that I could do purchase orders and supplies through the system, manage my inventory. I wanted to make sure that I could audit my products and my medications really quickly and easily rather than manually counting what was in my pharmacy. I also wanted to be able to see what the paramedics were using at different ambulance stations and then managing their stock levels by understanding how much even paracetamol they might use in that area versus how much insulin they might use or salbutamol nebules depending on the type of patients that they see on a day-to-day basis and then predict how much I was going to order. And predicting how much I was going to order was also something that was new to me because I had no idea how supply chain worked in the UAE until I had to figure it out. And then things would take months to come into the country. So things like EpiPens would take nine months to come into the country. So I would need to make sure that I have enough for a nine month supply before the next supply would come through, which with a paper-based system and auditing things in such a 
labor intensive manual way was really difficult. There were times where I ran out of EpiPens and I then had to think outside the box and go to local hospitals around the area and beg them to let me wholesale supply from them. And that was challenging for me because I felt totally out of my comfort zone and that I wasn't doing a very good job and I was having to be reactive and fix things on the go, which as part of my personality, I absolutely hate being that that person. I hate being reactive. I really like to make sure that I work in a very productive, preventative way so that we have an action plan for the next steps ahead and we don't get to the point where we're just fixing things on the go. It really is something that... Um, with the podcast and things that I'm developing in terms of my work life, that I have strategies in place to prevent that from happening to me in the future. So during this role, I was obviously exposed to leadership and I understood what being a leader was like, which was very different to my hospital job. I got involved with so much education and training because we were hiring paramedics at an exponential rate. And paramedics were coming from all over the world. So their understanding of what medications they had access to, what doses they could use, how much they could use it, um, what indications they could use it on was very different to their home country. So I decided to create some onboarding and induction programs for our staff to make sure that they were well aware of the legal aspects of using the medications, how to stick within the formulary that we created, how to get resupply of drugs depending on what location that they're at around the country and what ambulance stations they're at and how many days it takes for the supply to come through to the ambulance station. So this exposed me to the joy of teaching other people and helping people to learn because I was immersed in this environment on a day-to-day -day basis in this job. And yes, when I was in hospital as a band six resident, I would be teaching other pharmacists in terms of case-based discussions, or I might be teaching doctors and nurses for lunchtime opportunities to help them to learn about specific drugs like vancomycin and what levels you would take, when you would take them, how to adjust dosages. I might have done a session on pharmacokinetics to help nurses to understand more about the drugs in detail. But maybe I would do that once or twice a week. And here I was having to do it daily. And not only teaching the content, understanding how to assess a student to make sure that they were competent and how to create content that was valuable for these paramedics who were coming into the country and have clear set objectives for that learning as well. So though I had no formal education experience, I had to learn on the go and it was fun. I really enjoyed it. I made a lot of adjustments each time that I did an onboarding program. I incorporated new things into the teaching sessions that I thought would be valuable utilizing the feedback from paramedics who had taken my courses. And then I also obviously got involved with project management, which was something else that I did that was new. And this was in two ways. So this was getting the paper-based system to move to electronic. And also I had to build my own pharmacy, which was awesome. And I loved it. I loved being able to put pen to paper and actually drawing out exactly what I wanted the pharmacy to look like. And I loved having to pitch that to three companies who could support me in potentially creating something that I wanted. And I had a really decent budget that allowed me to build a pharmacy that 
was scalable so that as the company grew, the pharmacy grew with it and we had enough space for a lot of medications and um, supply if the company grew at an exponential rate. So that was really, really good. But the entire time that I worked there, I was really missing patients. I was really missing being around other healthcare professionals who understood pharmacy. I I really felt quite lonely in this job. I had a lot of friends. I had a lot of people to talk to in the offices. I had chief execs who worked in the offices next to me that I spent so much time with. And I learned so much about business in this job. But when it came to pharmacy, I felt very alone. And once I finished working for this organization, I really wanted to step back into a hospital job. I was really missing what I thought was going to be my career pathway. I was also spending a lot of time comparing myself to where my friends were at home in the NHS. A lot of my friends would have finished residency by then and stepped into an amazing band seven specialist job or a, or a rotational specialist job. And they were really very clinically focused, clinically driven, running ward rounds, maybe setting up clinics, doing their independent prescribing. And um, I felt a little bit left out from that journey. And I felt a little bit sad that I wasn't following the career pathway that I expected. And I didn't quite appreciate what I had at National Ambulance until I had left the job. And I had an amazing experience in terms of my learning, but it was very difficult to step outside of the NHS and do a different job that wasn't part of my plan. And this job was chance. I had applied to so many organizations and not heard back from anybody. And it was about 10 months after I was living in Dubai and at the point where I was just like, I'm ready to go home because I don't have a job that this agency reached out to me to say there was an opportunity for a pharmacist to go and work in emergency services. And at that point, I read the job description. It was pretty much a standard clinical pharmacist role in paper, but what I walked into was something very different. And though I enjoyed what I walked into, it wasn't part of my initial plan and adapting to that was really challenging for me mentally on top of the fact that no one in the organization understood pharmacy and I felt quite lonely. So I decided to go and apply for a job at Cleveland Clinic in Abu Dhabi because they were a brand new, amazing hospital with an incredible clinically focused team and they truly understood what pharmacists do because a lot of the pharmacists that work there came from the US. So they were very focused on ensuring that we were on the wards, we we had an impact on patients, we worked as a multidisciplinary team, we were researching, we were doing audits, we were doing education and training, we were getting involved with leadership. I could see that from the outside and I had a friend who worked there who supported me to network with the chief pharmacist or the pharmacy director at the time and I got myself a job interview and of course I spent um, a couple of years working here and I actually worked in the outpatient pharmacy instead of the inpatient pharmacy because that's what they had on offer at the time and I decided that I would 
step into that role and attempt to potentially move to an inpatient pharmacy later down the line. But again, things transitioned once I was there and um, decisions were made that were part of my journey, including having a child, which totally was a 360 curveball in my life but a wonderful curveball. But once Liliana came into my life, my whole world turned upside down and my perception of work, career, and balancing that with home life really took over. So I really enjoyed working for Cleveland Clinic. I loved the patient exposure. I learned some Arabic, which helped me to counsel patients. I was part of an, inc- an incredible team of pharmacists and pharmacy technicians and support staff who understood pharmacy and I felt like I was part of pharmacy again after working in emergency services where I felt quite secluded and this was really exciting for me but at the same time after having a child and having your kind of world turn upside down your priorities change and there was an aspect of me that was quite upset and sad that I have a baby who doesn't know her grandparents or her great-grandparents and she lives her life just with her mum and dad and doesn't have exposure to any other family members because we're living abroad and this guilt as a parent and as a new parent drove me to make the decision to move back home and come to the UK. I was also really missing the NHS the entire time I was away but stepping back into the UK was something that I needed to do for my family. And though I miss working and living in the UAE, I miss the weather, I miss the lifestyle, I miss the quality of life, I miss the beach and swimming every day, I would not be where I am talking to you on this podcast if I hadn't have moved back. And I remind myself of this every single day. When I moved back home, I was really lacking quite a lot of confidence, which may surprise you. But back when I was sort of, I mean, it was around 10 years ago when I first moved there, I was still a very newly qualified pharmacist at that time. And I didn't know that much about myself. And my explorative journey on who I am, what my pharmacy career looks like, And what I wanted to explore in pharmacy genuinely started when I made this decision to move back home because I lacked so much confidence to step into a role that I used to do day in, day out. I had to spend a lot of time writing things down to help me to understand where I fit in, in terms of an NHS job. I was debating on applying for a band seven job versus an 8A because I had so much leadership experience that it would really be silly not to apply for an 8A position with the experience that I had. But from a clinical perspective, I didn't feel like I had the opportunity to utilize my clinical knowledge and skill and experience in the job that I had at Cleveland Clinic. So, and I hadn't used it prior to that in a patient-facing environment for three years. So my confidence really had uh, changed when I had moved back home and I eventually decided to reach out to old colleagues 
and find out from them what they thought I should do. So I reached out to my old residency boss and said to him, hey, look, I'm moving home. I'm not sure what to apply for. This is what I've been doing. What do you think? And he emailed me and said that I was crazy for thinking about applying for a band seven job and that the experience that I had would 100% align with a job description for an 8A pharmacist and that I should put myself out my comfort zone and apply for 8A roles. He reminded me that you will always learn clinical topics or clinical skills in the job that you're in so you can rebuild your clinical knowledge within the job on a day-to-day basis, being on wards, working with patients, working with other healthcare professionals. And if you work really hard in your spare time, you will 100% rebuild that skill set, especially if it was just related to confidence. You always know that as a pharmacist, that knowledge is there in the back of your head and you might not have used it for a little while, but it is always there and it just needs a little bit of encouragement for it to come back to you. So I decided to do something a little bit different. I found a job for an 8A pharmacist um, as a maternity contract in Buckinghamshire, which was a short 20-minute drive from my parents' house, which is where we decided to live for a few months until we kind of figured out our journey as a family moving back to the UK. And this was a 12-month contract covering someone's current post as a pre-registration pharmacist program director. So the role allowed me to look after six pre-registration pharmacists three days a week. And the fact that it was part-time was quite appealing because my old residency manager told me that he would hire me as a locum pharmacist within moments of me stepping off that aeroplane and coming back to the UK and allowing me to have an opportunity to rebuild my skills in a familiar environment and in a place that I know really well with staff that I still know, with people that I'm familiar with, wards that I'm familiar with, systems that I know inside out. So he said that come and work with me for a couple of days a week. You can choose where you work. And I decided to go for emergency admissions because I knew that I would get exposure to everything and anything. But also it was an environment which allowed me to work hours that suited parenting. So I would leave the house at 5.45 in the morning and start work at 7. And the drive to Oxford was really far. It was about an hour. So I would drive to the hospital, work from 7 till 3 and then leave the pharmacy department and go and collect Liliana from nursery. So that really worked well for me um, to rebuild my confidence. And now you can see that when you transition from one job to another, you have to have reflection in place. You have to understand more about yourself, whether that's your passions, your strengths, your weaknesses, and what you're good at and what you have experience at to build a career that supports your journey. I had all this experience in education and training in the UAE 
working with paramedics and I used those skills and sold that in the interview in terms of transferable skills for pre-registration pharmacists. And though the organization knew that I didn't have specific experience with pre-registration training, they truly understood and valued the fact that I have been working in education and training with other healthcare professionals and that skill would be really valuable in this 12-month contract. I also explained to them that, hey, I'm going to be locuming two days a week to rebuild my clinical skills. And part of that journey would also help me to build the confidence to be able to teach pre-registration pharmacists within the job on the clinical content that they need to understand and have a really good grasp of in order to pass the GPHC exam. Whilst I was in these two jobs, a friend of mine that I worked with fell pregnant and was also going on maternity leave and she was a pediatric pharmacist covering all the pediatric services at Stoke Mandeville Hospital and she's one of my best friends from university so it was so fun that we got to work together and she could not find maternity cover she was struggling to find people that would cover her job whilst she was on maternity leave and I told her that hey like look let's just um, have a think as to how I can support you a couple of hours a day on the pediatric wards so that if you leave and you don't find someone to cover your role I can definitely support you for a few hours per day whilst doing my education role. So she trained me up to cover uh, one pediatric ward, the maternity unit and the neonatal unit. And once I discovered pediatrics in this job, I genuinely fell in love. I absolutely endured the working environment. I loved how involved the pharmacists were getting from a multidisciplinary point of view, how much value and how much appreciation that we had from nurses and doctors that we work with every single day, how much of an impact that we can make with patients in terms of drugs, education, supporting patients on their journey, whether it's a baby who's got reflux to a a two-year-old toddler who might come in with viral induced wheeze, all the way to a teenager who might be suffering from a mental health issue. And working on the neonatal unit, oh my goodness, it lit me up with joy. I walked onto that unit and I felt so happy. And I It took me back to when I was a band six pharmacist and I did my pediatric rotation and how much joy I felt doing pediatrics. But back then, I was so afraid of small humans. I was so afraid of putting pen to paper on those drug charts because I was so afraid of making a mistake because of the way that the drugs um, are prescribed and how a lot of things are unlicensed and how you have to manipulate formulations to treat a patient, it did scare the bejesus out of me. But with a lot of years of experience and understanding pharmacy, going on to NICU did not feel as overwhelming the second time around. And I genuinely felt joy. And towards the end of this contract, I was obviously looking for new opportunities And it was like a light bulb moment when someone told me that there was a post available at the Evelina London Children's Hospital, what a fabulous place to work, doing paediatrics alongside two days a week teaching King's College London pharmacy students. 
It was literally a dream job. And this was also a maternity contract. And by this point, I was well settled into living in the UK and I did want to take on a permanent role. But because this was such an incredible opportunity to combine two things that I genuinely love, I told myself that I have to apply for the job. And I made a massive sacrifice applying for this job in terms of my family life because the commute was well over an hour or an hour and a half each way. But it was an incredible opportunity for me to build my skills within pediatrics and have exposure to the different types of patients and wards and the clinical areas that the Evelina supports in terms of patient care. But at the same time, I would get to teach MFARM students and that was just incredible. So of course I applied for the job and it is a role that I kept for four years and it's where I also founded my specialist area for the first time. I genuinely found pediatrics, which is a specialist area in, in itself. But then on top of that, I found palliative care and palliative care brought me an immense amount of happiness on a day-to-day basis. I worked with this incredible team of females. We had multiple nurses and multiple consultants within the team and we were an all-girl gang, which was so cool. I worked with extremely vulnerable patients and parents who needed so much support and guidance when it came to pharmaceutical care. And because I absolutely love education and training and empowering parents and patients in their journey, I knew that I could spend a lot of time counseling families. And I was right when I started my role And if we identified a patient who was palliative on a ward, whether that was ICU um, or maybe the NICU or a general ward that a patient's come into, I had the opportunity to spend what felt like two to three hours of my day helping parents to understand the types of drugs they could use for different symptoms that the patient might experience in their palliative journey. I might get exposure to a parent who's having their first child with a limited lifespan. They've never utilized GP services. They don't understand repeat prescriptions. They don't know how to order medications. So we played a pivotal part in their journey of transitioning from hospital to home. And I felt so empowered in this specialist area because I made such an impact. And I love that part of my job. And I loved being so close to patient care on a day-to-day basis. And there were so many things in this role because it was a new role that was developed by my chief pharmacist that I could implement in terms of change and everything to do with project management, education and training. And I mean, you're hearing similar themes here. You're identifying from my story that I do love education. I love pediatrics. I love project management and I love leadership. And I was able to combine all of these skills and utilizing all of my experience in this job. So it just combined everything that I wanted and more. I was able to do my prescribing course at that time. So I became an independent prescriber during this role. But what took a kind of downward turn in terms of my life was that I made a lot of sacrifice in terms of time traveling to and from work and it was also a very demanding job 
there was a lot of times where I was covering other ward areas on top of doing my job. We were lacking resources or time, so I was having to do additional tasks. I constantly felt like I was supporting other teams to be able to thrive in the environments that they were in. And though this is part and parcel of working for the NHS and you want to be a team player and you want to help people, I did feel like it was sometimes very challenging to do my job that I was hired to do. And I ended up working a lot of additional hours to do my job as well as support my team. And when it comes to stress and overwhelm and burnout and all of those keywords that I don't like talking about and I try and avoid, um, I probably was not in a state of mind where I was flourishing and thriving in my career. I was moving towards the point of overwhelm and burnout and this was impacting my mental health, my physical health, my emotional health. And at the same time, my family was suffering because I wasn't home as much as I wanted to be. It just meant that my husband had to take on so many additional responsibilities when it came to parenting. I was exhausted from traveling three hours a day. I also went through a very challenging second pregnancy during this job where I dealt with gestational diabetes and having to inject insulin and measure my blood sugar levels nine times a day and that took so much additional planning in terms of meals and what I was able to eat and I was dealing with insomnia with this pregnancy which literally nearly killed me because it was so exhausting to wake up every day and try to go to work and do everything that I wanted to do and achieve as well as trying to support my emotional and mental and physical health. So I realized at a difficult point in my life that last year that this wasn't working for me or my family and I had to make that incredibly difficult decision to resign from that position, which was really, really hard for me. And during this entire time, I obviously discovered this podcast. I discovered my love for helping students within... KCL to understand more about what the pharmacy profession had to offer them once they had qualified. They were my initial motivation for creating a platform that educates, inspires and motivates them to chase their dreams. And this platform has developed significantly during this time and has also created a lot of additional work which I've called my passion project for the last three years and I have loved every moment of this journey and I am now finding time to become a pharmacist entrepreneur and create time for this business which is now I'm calling it rather than a passion project. I love the creativity that I am able to utilize on a day-to-day -day basis with the podcast. I love the innovation. I love using loads of different apps and improving my knowledge on the digital world. And so it's, yeah, it's been a really interesting journey of building a community, understanding what pharmacy has to offer, identifying areas of expertise that I think that people listening would want to hear about. Um, I'm fueled by curiosity and inspiration and I have just loved every minute of it. 
So working for myself has also been a really transformative aspect of my daily life now. I have the autonomy to kind of shape the direction of the podcast. I can choose exactly what topics I think will engage with my audience. And that is really empowering. Entrepreneurship has been a really empowering journey for me. It has opened up doors to opportunities I never thought would happen. I am now an ambassador for an organization called The Naked Pharmacy. I have collaborated with Great Ormond Street Hospital on a podcast series. I have partnered with FIP on a project with the podcast and opportunities with videography and photography and how I can collaborate with my husband who does all my videography on pharmacy specific projects. So last year I supported the Neonatal and Pediatric Pharmacy Congress to capture the event by doing videography and photography for the weekend and that was awesome and this year I'm doing something really exciting with Great Ormond Street Hospital in March so I'm really looking forward to that. And I, none of this would have happened unless this podcast had come to fruition and opened up opportunities for me to do something different within the pharmacy space. So I just wanted to share that with you because you may be listening to this episode and thinking that you have an idea that's awesome within the pharmacy space, but you don't quite have the confidence to go out there and put it onto Instagram or create a website or pitch the idea to somebody you know for funding. But I want to tell you that you can do it. And we all have to start from somewhere. I had no idea where this podcast would take me or how big it would grow or how it would help me to leave a nine to five job and become a part time entrepreneur who was building a career of my dreams. I had no idea. But I'm loving the journey that I'm on. I'm loving that I'm finding out more things about myself. And a lot of this wouldn't happen unless I stepped out of my comfort zone and tried that new thing or had the courage to ask Catherine Duggan, the C CEO of FIP, to come onto my podcast or made a connection with an American pharmacist who runs a pharmacy podcast network that gets over a million downloads a month. I just know that these things wouldn't have happened unless I tried. And what I want to do is pose a question to you as my listeners. What aspects of your daily work in pharmacy bring you the most joy and fulfillment? Have a think about this, reflect on it, write it down, or even share your thoughts with me or your reflections in email or on social media, because I'm really excited to know who else is out there who's on a similar journey or who needs a little bit of encouragement to start that journey. I'd really like to thank you for tuning in to today's episode where I've shared so much information about my journey. I really hope that it has inspired you or given you some feedback as to how I reflect and how important that reflection is to help me to build this career that I love. I'll see you guys on the next episode.